Okay, good morning everybody. So this is our last Temen HaLachashir uh, of the summer. So uh, since we're going to be going back to, many of us will be going back to like uh, normal life and uh, normal communities. So there is such a phenomenon called a Shul Kiddush. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, especially since Smich uh, Haschaver, this man is uh, learning many of these halachos, about uh, the halachos of how to balance the idea of being Yotze Kiddush Makum Suda at the Shul Kiddush, which you need to do if you're going to say Kiddush, and yet at the same time, not having to wash at the Shul Kiddush, because if it's a Suda and you're Kaveya Suda, even on Pasababa Kisnen, Lechore you should have to wash. So how does one balance those two things? So uh, by way of introduction, there are two categories of food that are uh, that are both Barimine Mizonos. There's a category called Pasababa Kisnen, which is baked products that uh, resemble bread in some way or another, that's some sort of a Tzuras pass, but they are more dessert-like foods. And then there's a second category called the Tavshil Shomazonos, which is known as a Maisa Kedera, foods that are made from the Chameshus Mine Dagan, but do not have a Tzura Sapas. They don't have any, any uh, uh, resemblance whatsoever to, uh, to pass. Um, like uh, like a, a pasta or something like that, or uh, or oatmeal or something of that nature, which has no uh, tzura sapas. So an important distinction in halacha between pasta babikisim and tashos shomazolos is this very issue. What if you are koveya suuda on it? So if you have a giant bowl of pasta, enough to fill up, uh, you know, even a very hungry large man, uh, it doesn't uh, it doesn't matter. You would never wash on a giant bowl of pasta. It does not have tzura sapas, and therefore there's no Indian that when you're Kovea Suda that you would wash and bench and all that no, it would be a Mizonos and now Michian that's it. However, when it comes to Pasaba Bikistan, when it comes to something that has a, a little bit of a Turisa Dinahama of a Tsura Sapas, well then if you're Kovea Suda on it, then you would have to uh, you would have to wash and bench. So the Gemara tells us that uh, Rabbi Yehuda would recite the Hamotzi before eating Pasaba Bikistan and the Gemara Brachstaf Membeza and the Gemara tells us that that's because he was Kaveya Su'uda, that when one is Kaveya Su'uda, they would say one would be obligated to say a Hamotzi on Pasaba Bikistan. So the question is, okay, now we need to know what is Pasaba Bikistan. So basically there are three categories. There's past, there's actual bread, right? Then there's Pasaba Bikistan, which is, uh, so actual bread you always make Hamotzi on, and uh, you would bench as long as you did Kazayas. Pasaba Bikistan, you would uh, you would only say a mozi and bench if you're kovea suuda on it, and then there's tavshil shomazonos, which you wouldn't uh, you would never wash or bench on it. You would only make a mizonos a mizonos on it. So what is pasaba Bikistan? How do we define pasaba Bikistan? So quite famously, the Beis Yosef Shulchan Aruch quotes a three-way machloka. Shulchan Aruch quotes all three deos. Shita Sarambam is that it's a dough that is kneaded with honey or oil or milk or some other spice that sweetens up the dough itself, that the dough itself is not just flour and water, there's something else mixed into the dough that gives it a sweeter taste. The sheet of Rabbeinu Hananel in the tour is a pasta of is bread that was made with some sort of pocket, and that pocket was filled with a sweetener, with something like honey or almonds or something like that. Like a Danish or a croissant is pasta And then the third sheet is Rav Haigon. Rav Haigon says something that's brittle, that's like a cracker, like a biscuit, that uh, a that, uh, person would eat, as a snack food in a small amount. So Shulchan Aruch and Simkuv Samachas Sivzayin quotes all three
three opinions and says to follow all three opinions. Berlach points out that there is a machlokas in the achronim whether the three opinions disagree with each other and each one holds that the other one's uh, definition is not possible because or they all agree with each other that the basic idea of possible because is something that is a snack food and these are just three different examples of the type of thing that is typically used as a snack food. There may be nafkaminah zalacha between those two opinions, but not relevant to our discussion right now. So when it comes to the Shita Sarambam, Shulchan Aruch explains that uh, what does it mean that there's sweetener added into the dough? How much sweetener has to be added to the dough? How much other stuff has to be added to the dough in order to take it from the category of pas to the category of pasababikisnin? So uh, the uh, Shulchan Aruch says it has to be enough that it's noticeable. Um, and then that, as long as it's noticeable, when you eat the bread, you say, wait, this this isn't just flour and water. This tastes to me like an egg challah, for example. Right? So then, according to the Mechaber, say a mezonos on it, unless you're going to be Kaveh Suda, that already makes it Pasababakistan. The Ramah disagrees, and the Ramah holds, no, it has to be that the Iker Tam is from that which you added to the dough. That the Iker Tam is not from the flour and water, but rather from the additive. That that's what's the dominant Tam. Mishabur in Sukkot Laman Gimel says that according to the Ramah, it means that the majority of the liquid mixed with that flour is something other than water. That the majority of the liquid is eggs or honey or something like that something other than water, and only in that case will it become possible because then this is why Svartim and Ashkenazim have different types of challah on Shabbos. If, uh, I remember all the years when I was teaching in DRS when we'd have a Shir Shabbaton and Svarti Talmidim would come over, so they'd follow Ravadi Yosef's recommendation and they would bring their own challahs with them because they knew that they were not supposed to say hamotzi on my challahs, on the challahs that we had in the house, because the challahs we had in the house had sweetener in them. It was not just bread and water, it was not water challahs. So they're not allowed to say hamotzi on such a they would have to, uh, unless they ate a ridiculous amount, a ridiculous sheer, uh, in order to be able to say a mozi. Maybe we can get to that later, but but uh, so they would have uh, something that was challah l'shitasam. But according to the Ashkenazim, it would still be called bread as long as it's uh, more than 50% of the liquid mixed with the flour is actually water. It would not meet the Rambam's criteria of Pasababakisnin. Now, the Shulchan Paskins based on the Gemara, that when a person eats Pasababakisnin, he should say a Mizonos before and Alamechia afterwards. And the Mishra explains that when it comes to bread, um, you know, where, uh, where even if you just have a Kezayis, you would, you would bench on, uh, on a Kezayis. But when it comes to Pasababakisnin, since it's a snack food, it has different brachos, so it's Mizonos unless you're Kaveya Su'uda. When you're Kaveya Su'uda, then you would need to wash and say a motzi and, uh, and bench. So Shulchan explains, based on a rush, that being Kaveya Su'uda is based on Rov B'nai Adam. What do people generally do? What exactly are they Kaveya Su'uda on? So if you eat an amount that most people would be Kaveya Su'uda on it, uh, the, uh, on, on, on that amount, but you're still hungry yourself, so you would have to wash and bench. And if you eat less than the amount that most people are Kaveya Suda on, then you would only say a Mizonos and an Alamichya. So the question 
Now we have to deal with is okay. So what do we consider kavia suda? How much pasavavu kisin do I need to eat? And not only that, not only how much pasavavu kisin do I need to eat. What if I have some pasavavu kisin and then I have everything else at the kiddush? I have the meatballs and I have the sushi. If you have a fish sushi, you shouldn't have it together with the meatballs. And I'm having you know, and I'm having all this other food. Some of which is pasavavu because I made kiddush. I had a little piece of cake, a little mazonos, and then I stuffed my face for an hour at the. Uh, at the kiddush, so I, you know, does that count as as kviyasuda, or is it only kviyasuda of the pasabavikisin itself? So again, the two primary questions to deal with are number one, how much is kviyasuda, and number two, what counts toward kviyasuda? Is it only the pasabavikisin that counts toward kviyasuda, or is it all the food that counts toward kviyasuda? So Mishburin Sivkan Chavdalin has a machlokas as to how much makes for kviyasuda. First shita is the shita of Machsa Shekel, that it's the same as with regard to Eruv Tchumen. Uh, and a su'uda is Gimelo Dalid Beitzim. So let's assume Lakula Dalid Beitzim, that you're only Kaveh Asuda when you have a shear the size of four eggs. But then the Mishmur quotes a second shita, uh, the shita of Magnavram and the Gra, that it's defined as what people normally eat for their meals, which is very often more than Dalid Beitzim of food. So that would be a lot more food than just Dalid Beitzim. So based on that, the those two deos, Rav Moshe, Negros Moshe, or Chaim Chel Gimel, Simlam Beis, Paskins, that it will really depend on culture and society that you live in. So Mishabura says, you know, the best thing to do is to be machmir, don't eat four kibetzim worth of pasababikistin. Um, even though uh, we said three or four, okay, you could be mekel, that uh, don't eat four uh, kibetzim worth of pasababikistin. Uh, if you did eat four kibetz of pasavavu kisnin, uh, but not the amount that uh, everyone around you would normally be kaveh so you're in that window that, uh, that 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 satisfies one definition of kaveh but not the other definition of kaveh suda, Rav Nevenzal writes, you should still say alamichi, then you wouldn't bench. But best is to avoid it. Don't eat four kibetz of pasavavu kisnin. So Mishbura quotes Magen Avram, in, in, in Sivkan Chavzal, Mishbura quotes Magen Avram, who paskins that when you calculate, so that's quite Question number one. Again, so question number one was how much? How much is kaviya suda? So we said it could be as little as four kavetim, but it could be as much as whatever people normally eat as a suda. So we try to avoid and try to have less than four kavetim. So now we got to get to question number two: four kavetim of what? Of pasavabikisnin or four kavetim in total when some of it is pasavabikisnin? So as far as that question, Mishvura quotes a Magen Avram who says that when you're being uh, when you're calculating kviyasuda, uh, all the food that's eaten together with the pasavabikisnin is included in the calculation. So, if you eat one kibetz of Pasabab Kisnin and three kibetz of meatballs and uh, stuffed cabbage and uh, whatever else, you, you know, standard kiddish fare, uh, you should have to wash on that, or at least have a suffix whether you should have to wash on that. Ravadya is quoting Yalkut Yosef, and he paskins that no, only if you eat four kibetzim worth of the actual pasababikisnin, right? So it turns out that Svardin would have to eat four kibetzim of the actual pasababikisnin in order to be chayiv to bench, whereas Ashkenazim, if we eat four kibetzim in total, and some of that, at least the kazayas of it, was pasababikisnin, we're already in the suffolk birch samazon and suffolk nitzil That's why the Svardi boy that comes to eat at my house uh, has to bring his own chal. 
challah because in order for him to be chayv to wash on my challah, he would have to have four kibetzim of my challah. And that's a lot of challah for, uh, for a person to eat because he's svartic. And for svartim, it's not four kibetzim total, it's four kibetzim of the pasaba bekisnin. So it turns out that according to Ramosha, and according to the Mishnah Pura, uh, if you eat a total of four kibetzim of food, and some of that food is possible bekisnin, uh, then you have to wash. Which means uh, when people stuff their face out of kiddush, even if you don't eat a full meal's worth or what normally you would consider a Shabbos meal, you have a real shaila about washing and benching. So the question is, why is minag Yisrael not to worry about this at all? Why is that? Why is it that if you go to a typical kiddush and there are four types of chalent and uh, whatever and seven kugels and there are people eating uh, all, and they're sampling everything and they're talking and the food is flying out of their mouth and hitting your suit and your face and like you know they, they're they're uh, they they're not holding back bichlal but they had a piece of cake to begin with they had a kazayis of cake to begin with shouldn't they all be washing so it happens to be. There are many rabbanim that are makbid nativ at shul kiddush for this reason as well as for other reasons. Meaning for kiddush makom su, the reasons that they're makbid kiddush makom su, there should only be when you're actually having a su the Shabbos. Rav Shachta does not eat at a shul kiddush. Rabbi Sukhanik told me that Rav Sachs used to not eat at a shul kiddush, but he felt that people were insulted that they invite him to a simcha and he wouldn't eat. So now he does eat a little at a shul uh, kiddush. So how do you get around this problem? So the easiest way to get around this problem is don't have four kabets of food. Meaning you're still going to have lunch at home. Okay have a little bit of something. Have less than four kibetz of food, and that would for sure solve this problem. Uh, okay, but not everyone likes to uh, likes to do that. A lot of people would like to uh, uh, would like to um, have more than four kibetz of food. So that that you know, so approach number one doesn't work for everybody. Approach number two is that if a person is careful, instead of eating cake at the beginning, eat Yerushalmi kugel or Lakshan kugel. A tavshil shalmizonos, meaning any mizonos would work for any mizonos from five grains would work for kiddush makom suda. So you'll be yotze kiddush makom suda. But no, remember, we said no matter how much of a tavshil shalmizonos you eat, you're never going to have to wash. So instead of eating a piece of sponge cake at the beginning, eat tavshil shalmizonos to be yotze kiddush makom suda. Then you can stuff your face all you want. Someone said to me that that's why that's where your kugel came from. That the concept of your kugel, of having your kugel in shul kiddush, was to be able to solve this halachic problem that uh, that it's noodles, so it's uh, it's mizonos, but it's uh, so you yotze kiddush makom suda. But no matter how much you're never going to have to wash and bench. Third mahalich is mentioned by the Orch HaShulchan. Orch HaShulchan says, you know, it's really not right that people eat such a large amount at a Kiddush, but he's melamid and he says, you know, the riff implies that there are two ways to define kvias su'uda, that uh, the, it could be defined by the amount of food you eat, but also it could be defined by the manner with, in which you eat. And the riff seems to follow the later, the, 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 the second opinion, that it's how you eat. And since when you're eating at a kiddush, by definition, you're not really being kovea yourself. You're still wearing your jacket and tie. You're still, you know, you're not, you're not sitting down in one location. So it's not really uh, a kavios in the whole style of eating. Maybe no matter how much you eat, that's not going to be called a kaviyasuda. That is quite a kiddush. It doesn't seem that the Mishra Paskins that way. Ramosha doesn't 
doesn't pass in that way, but the Aruch HaShulchan is trying to be Mela Mitzchus. Rav Ashwais in Tshuvas Minchasash, Chelet Beis, and Chavdalin, writes that we could rely on that Shita of the Aruch HaShulchan, even though the Aruch HaShulchan himself says, do not rely on this Shita of the Aruch HaShulchan, that you shouldn't have such amounts of food. A final approach is suggested by Rav Nevensal Shlita. In B'Yitzchak uh, Yikare, in his comments on the Mishabura, he says when you calculate the amount of food that's included in the Dalit Beits, and he says, it is true that we paskin, that we include other foods other than the Pasa Baba Kisnin, but he says only, we only count those foods that are eaten mamish together with the Pasa Baba Kisnin, meaning we wouldn't count all the meatballs and the stuffed cabbage and everything else, we would count the little piece of herring that you put on the cracker when you eat the cracker with the herring on it, because that's eaten mamish together with the Pasabobikist, and also a great Chiddush, but if that's the case, most people do not eat four kibetzim of that, of uh, crackers and herring or dips and things like that, and most of the stuff that they eat is separate from that. So that's maybe another limud zuchus. Lemaisa, um, you know, Ben Torah should probably be a little more careful about this, have pachos midal of food, or to stick with the lakshan kugel, yerushalmi kugel, hetem. Yeah. What do you mean? It's, it's two days in Shulchan Aruch, so we pass in that uh, Mizonis is enough. Yeah. What if you don't plan on eating more originally, so you don't wash these Mizonis, and then you end up having more? So you have to bench. If you're Kaveh Suda afterwards, you got to bench. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.